going on? It's Glenn Parada here, Parada Works. Uh, out here calling my man uh, Anthony Delgado from PR. Uh, obviously in a better situation weather-wise. Uh, again, this is a podcast for entrepreneurs. This is for empowerment. So listen, learn, and subscribe. So I'm here with, with Anthony. Anthony is a uh, American software developer and an internet entrepreneur, while he known as, per, as a professional hacker. Uh, he's in the, the developer community. Anthony Delgado has won numerous hackathons sponsored by Fortune 500. That's an awesome word, by the way. Uh, companies like Google, IBM, Intel, Facebook, and Microsoft, and hosted by organizations including Rutgers University, the New Jersey Institute for Technology, the AT&T Developer Summit to New York City. And so today, Anthony is the CEO and co-founder of Disrupt, an alternative education company that focuses on teaching digital skills in Puerto Rico. Man, that sounds empowering just saying it. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on the show, yeah. dude. Well, welcome to, uh, to the show. So there's so many questions I have for you, uh, being that uh, you're an entrepreneur and, and you did something that a lot of people wish they could do is go from one place to a better place, right? Weather-wise and everything and, and start from uh, start, start from scratch. Uh, why is it that, that you, you went to Puerto Rico with your business? Well, I think a lot of people, before I get into me and, and you know, why I came to Puerto Rico, right. I think a lot of people in general, they're just scared to do what they want in life. Okay. And they have people telling them no. They have their parents, their teachers, their guidance counselors. Everyone's always constantly looking for the no. They're looking to find a reason why you can't do something. Hey, I want to run for president. Oh, but you're Puerto Rican. Hey, I want to learn to code. Oh, hey, but you're a girl. Girls don't code. There's all these different reasons that people find to tell you no, why you can't do something. Oh, I want to buy a house. Oh, well, you don't have a good enough credit score. There's all these different things that people tell themselves that defeat themselves. So, you know, and, and I've had that myself. I struggle with that myself. You know, my, um, my uh, father was in jail my whole life since I was a little kid. And I didn't, I didn't even learn that until I, until I was a teenager. I was almost an adult until I learned that. And I thought he just didn't love me. Right. Come to find out he's he's in jail and he's never coming home, you know. And so when I found that out, I was telling myself, oh, my God, uh, I'm I'm I must be like him or I must that must be where I'm destined to go. Now, mind you, my mother sent me to Catholic school. I was I grew up in the church. I grew up with a really great life. So I'm very grateful for the, the life that my mother provided me. But at the same time, as soon as I found out that one piece of information that she was hiding from me, immediately I had these, these ideas in my head, like, oh, I must have to be a, a, a criminal. I must have to be a, a bad person, right? And I, it took me a long time to overcome that. And I'm very grateful. I read a lot of books. I read The 48 Laws of Power. I read The Four Agreements. Um, and, and I studied a lot about myself. And then I also studied other people, other successful people and their stories. So one of the books that I read was Russell Simmons' um, autobiography where he talks about how he started uh, Def Jam. And when he started Def Jam, everyone was telling him, no, you're African-American. You cannot own a record label. Who are you? You're not even signed to a big label. Who do you think you are? And you know what he did? He gave away the records for free for years. And in that book, he says, give it away for free until people can live without it. So he would give it away for free to all the DJs in New York City and they started playing um, 
it was that Christmas hip hop uh, song. Dun, 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 dun. And it was, uh, and it started going viral, right? Everyone was looking for it. And then they went to the record store and they're like, do you guys have the new Def Jam record? And the record stores were like, oh no. Oh, I have that guy's card, but we didn't buy from him because we didn't know him because he was black, right? And then what ended up happening was he had such a huge buzz that now the record labels were calling him back and saying, hey, you know what? We need more of those records. So I've studied a lot of successful people. And what I've realized is that even though the universe will always tell you no, when you tell your your mom, when you tell your wife, when you tell your guidance counselor, hey, I want to go to the moon. Look at Elon Musk. I want to go to Mars, right? Everyone told him, no, hey, you're crazy. You can't go to Mars. You don't work for NASA. What did he do? He created SpaceX and now he's going to Mars, right? Right, right? So the universe will always tell you no. What you need to tell yourself is yes. I believe in that. We have the possibility to create our own possibility, right? You know, we can create what we want. And there's two things they always tell people. It's faith and action, right? Faith is hope. But you can't just sit and hope for the best. You have to act on it, right? If you really believe in it. So it's, 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 it, that's an interesting factor. So tell me more about your business. So what is it that, what brought you to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So I've been a software developer, digital marketer, serial entrepreneur for the last 10 years. Um, I mean, I sold everything. I sold sneakers. I sold uh, cell phones. You know, I, I grew up uh, five minutes away from Midtown Manhattan. So right. I was going to the wholesale district, like ever since I was 18 and selling things online. I discovered the internet at a young age. I was, um, I was in the second grade when I had my first computer. My mother was a computer programmer. So she taught me the command line when, when I could barely, like, I could barely walk. I just started mm-hmm. learning to walk and I had a keyboard and I was learning how to code. So I'm, I'm super, super grateful for that. And uh, I've been creating things online and, and making money online for, for over a decade. And when Hurricane Maria happened, I came across a problem that was bigger than myself. And, you know, me and a buddy of mine, we sent uh, pallets of water uh, over and then we saw that they weren't getting distributed where they have to go. And at that time, I was, I was taking part in some different personal development classes and they brought up Gandhi, right? And I'm not comparing myself to Gandhi, but I do have a comparison here. So Gandhi was one human being. And what he did was he took responsibility for all 3 billion people that were in India, his home country. So he said, India, my problem. I take responsibility. I'm not going to eat until Indian people are free. I'm not going to speak until Indian people are free. And he went on these fasts. He went on these protests. And he decided, and nobody anointed him. Nobody gave him permission. He chose it. He chose to take responsibility for the freedom of the people of India and the independence of the people of India and their sovereignty. And when I heard that story, it just so happened that Hurricane Maria was happening at the same time. And I was like, wow, there's 3 billion people with a B in India. There's only 3 million people in my country. It's a little small island. It's really not that big. So if he could take responsibility for three billion people i could make an impact on three million there's no reason why not you know we have the same dna as human beings we're 99.99 percent the same people with the same potential so if i could look to gandhi and he could take responsibility for his giant country i could take responsibility for my small island so you're trying to make puerto rico great again 
Yeah, man, you see, you see the hat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, it's passionate. You know, it's coming straight from the heart. It's not just a, a business decision. I guess people see that, right? And I, I think that for entrepreneurs, it has to be a combination of both. It can't be only just because of the money, right? There has to be a passion behind it. So, what, what would you say that passion is for you right now? What's driving you? When you wake up every morning, what's that drive? Where's it come from? Well, I mean, if you go to our website and you read our uh, mission statement, one of the things it says is um, we're living proof that all you need to succeed is Wi-Fi and a dream. And I usually quote the last part of that, Wi-Fi and a dream is all you need to succeed. <laughs> but the first part of that is just as important. Right. So I'm down here to show you you don't need to have it all figured out. Listen, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not. I'm a regular human being. I haven't had a million dollar exit yet. I have a couple in the works and I'm planning <laughs> on a few things. I have God equity bless. in a few startups, but I'm not a millionaire. I took it upon myself to move to Puerto Rico and figure it out and make my money from a laptop and, and practice what I preach. And I'm proving that if you have a laptop and which we're using right now to do this conference call, if you have a computer and you have access to the internet, it doesn't matter where you are in this world. So that not only does that give hope to the 3 million people in Puerto Rico, I want that to give hope to the millions of people in Chile, the millions of people in Colombia, Dominican Republic, in Cuba, in Ecuador, in all of Latin America. I want them to have hope. And not only in Latin America, in Africa, in India, all these places where traditionally they were uh, under poverty, I want to give them hope that that poverty doesn't have to exist anymore. If you have a laptop, you have just as much opportunity to create what you want to create in this universe. And I'll give you an example um, besides myself. There's a, a woman named uh, Mia Khalifa. She's a, this is controversial. She's an adult porn star. Okay. And she was born in Saudi Arabia. So she was born in Saudi Arabia. And in Saudi Arabia, they will kill you for being an adult right. entertainer. That's crazy. They will murder you. And what she did, she was in her little bedroom and she, you know, did like the cam girl thing. So it's not like hardcore stuff. She was doing a cam girl thing. And people were sending her tips because she's pretty. And she saved up all those tips and she moved to London and she changed her life. She left from an oppressive regime in the middle of the desert where people have things on their face and they cut your head off. Crazy other part of the world that we're so privileged living in America that we can't even fathom what's That's going right. on over there. That's right. That's and true. whatever your political, religious beliefs, whatever about how she had to make her money, she saved up enough money and she left that out of that country. And now she lives in London and she has freedom and sovereignty. So it's, it's proof that it doesn't matter where you are. If you have Wi-Fi and a dream, you can do it. That's true. That's true. Technology has really changed everything. Like I think entrepreneurship is just there. You just have to know how to do it. You just have to have the drive for it. You know, uh, they say technology hurts, but it also helps. Right? Like people get stuck on the, on their iPhones and, they're Androids and Facebook, and it kind of kills the actual interaction between human beings, right? You know, dating via text, getting fired over text, you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, it, technology is, is just an amazing tool to use 
and it's it's growing, right? That that you're in the tech you're in the tech world. I mean, where do you see technology going in the next ten years? Yeah, so the world's about to change um, a lot, and I don't think don't think we're ready for it. Uh, but it doesn't matter if we're ready for it because it's gonna happen. Um, automation is about to make all the jobs disappear. I, I wrote an article in Forbes recently. It's called "The Three Impacts of AI on Modern Society," and in that article, I talk about some industries that are about to disappear. So I'll give you an example: truck driving. Right. This right. is a traditional blue-collar job where people made a lot of money. I have friends whose fathers were truck drivers. It was a job where you didn't have to go to college and you could become a truck driver to this day and make really good money for a middle-class person. And Tesla came out with a self-driving semi-truck. Walmart has already pre-ordered 14 of them to Tesla. As soon as they test this out, all of those jobs are going to disappear, okay? And that's not only going to happen to truck drivers. Accountants, their jobs are going to disappear. H&R Block has invested in a partnership with IBM Watson to right. create an accountant that's AI-based. Okay? Right. Me, myself, personally, I use QuickBooks and Intuit. And there, it's not even AI. It's just a really good user interface that walks right. me through everything talks to me there's messages that talk to me say hey you should do this deduction you should do that that deduction and i don't need to to hire an accountant anymore so even the medium skilled jobs even the jobs that people went to school for lawyers you have legal zoom now right any job even if it's at high intelligence that's repeatable is going to be extinct because ai is going to be smarter than us right now there's ai that can detect cancer better than the best surgeon in the world. So what's about to happen is a lot of jobs are going to disappear really, really, really quickly, industry by industry by industry, the next 10 to 15 years, a lot of jobs are going to disappear. What does that mean? A lot of people need to reinvent themselves. They need to disrupt themselves. You know, there's something that I like to say, disrupt or be disruptive, right? So if you don't disrupt yourself, if you're not constantly looking at yourself, your industry, how can I disrupt my industry? How can I change myself, right? Then you're going to be disrupted. Somebody's going to come along who's smarter, faster, stronger, and more automated, and they're going to remove you from the equation. It's the same thing that happened with Uber. Uber disrupted all the taxi companies. Taxi companies are crying. Same right. thing that happened with Airbnb. All the hotels are crying right now. Oh, what happened? Uh, the market doesn't care. The market does not care. If you don't disrupt yourself, you're going to be disrupted. You know, that, that's a good concept because a lot of people say the millennials, they like that. But they like like less human interaction. You know, like people apply online more. Like you, you call people, for example, and, and do a sales call. People like don't like to be called. Millennials don't like to be called. They rather just apply online or send them a link so they can apply and see what the results are. So everything that you just mentioned has less human interaction, but yet faster results, you know? Well, yeah, think about it. You, you don't have to get sued, right, for discrimination, right? No, you filled out the form online. We didn't even see your face. I don't even know if you're black or white, right? right. You don't have to risk sexual harassment, right? 
you don't have to risk even having an attitude with someone. You know, you go into a place and somebody has an attitude. That's the worst thing. Right. You know? That's the worst thing. If I'm a customer and I have to have an attitude, no, I'd rather go ring up my own groceries. So right? And I don't have to have an attitude. So what type of uh, degree or background should people be looking into? Like coding or something? or? So coding is great. Um, I, I definitely, if you're going to go the college route, I definitely recommend computer science is a great place to be. Um, I believe marketing and branding, anything with creativity, um, de- definitely creativity, right? Anything mm-hmm. that you cannot replace with a automated system, right? So if you have an automated system for your accounting, right? Accounting is a great example. It's really just a bunch of numbers and equations. Right. If that can be automated, it's just a matter of when. It's the same thing with driving Uber. I feel bad for all the Uber drivers because the same thing that just happened to the taxi drivers, Uber's going to automate that. Those cars are going to drive themselves. It might take 10 years, but those cars are going to drive themselves and it might, it might be less. So anyone who has a job where they're not thinking, and I think that's the biggest problem with school. Mm-hmm. School right now, it doesn't teach you how to think. It just teaches you things. And those things are going to be outdated. So if you're not being taught how to think, how to question what's there, right? That's the problem too. Our schools are taught to create factory workers. They're not taught to create tinkerers, to create creators. You know, it's, it's more than just entrepreneurship. It's like, we need to be creating inventors, people who think, right? Because any job, like computers don't have common sense. They don't have common sense. Computers don't question authority. They only do what they're told. So any job where you have to just do what you're told and just follow the rules and just follow the instructions and Hey, it's a five-step process. And that's what you do. That can eventually be automated. It is the people who can think on their feet and come up with a new plan that are going to be the ones that are valuable in the future. Well, you know what? When you put it that way, <laughs> it's a good thing. But it looks like it's going to be a, a smarter generation, a more creative generation that's going to, the innovators, the, the people who are going to create the, the technology, the stuff that you're talking about. And it's just an, an advanced, you know, group of people, really. It's because, like you said, they're, they're not doing stuff that you can just tell someone to do. They, they, they don't question, they don't think, they don't ask. Computers can't do that. Exactly. That's a, that's a very and good point. It, it's going to be a rough transition. Right. Like, the dollar might actually collapse. Like, that's actually... I have a lot of friends who are billionaires, mm-hmm. and everyone that I know that has more than nine figures, they're all like, dude, you know the dollar's going to crash in like two or three years. Like, 2020, people are like, yeah, the dollar's probably going to crash. So, there's going to be a lot of disruption, and that transition period, you should kind of worry about it. But after that transition period is over, if we do it correctly, right. we should be able to live in a utopia, in a society where no one is doing jobs that they don't want to do. All the jobs that you don't want to do should be automated. Landscaping, there should be a robot that does landscaping. You know, all of the jobs that are repetitive, that are, that are I'm just working to work, Labor jobs. Do it correctly, labor jobs should disappear. All the jobs that are repetitive, they should disappear. And we should be in a world of creativity. That's why things like what you're doing with this podcast are super valuable, right? 
this podcast, impossible to replicate with AI. Very, very, very hard to replicate a human conversation. Creating a movie, mm-hmm. it's very, very, even though there's ways or whatever, but it's, that is a very far away place um, with AI and automation. Creativity is very, very, very far away from, crea- uh, from automation. I'll give you another example of proof that I could tell you how the school system is broken. Okay. Um, a friend of mine, he is um, a multi-billionaire. His children, they don't go to school. He doesn't send them to school. He puts them homeschooled because he doesn't want his children to be factory workers. He doesn't want them to think inside the box. He wants them to think outside the box. And his daughter is only 13 years old. She already has her own LLC. She already has her own LLC because nobody told her not to. You know, there's a thing that she's too young. Yeah. Oh, you're too young. There's a million people that say no to you, you know, especially in school, you know, and they say people that do do people that can't teach. Right. And we have, I love teachers. I've had some great teachers in my life, but there are also a lot of people in that educational system who they failed at their dreams. And then what they're doing is telling people why they can't pursue their dreams. Right. So really, like for your kids, if you're looking at like advice for your kids, teach them how to learn. Don't teach them what to learn. Teach them how to learn. Teach them how to think. Think outside the box and give them permission to try things and give them permission to fail. And I think that's the biggest piece of advice that I can give to both children and adults is give yourself permission to fail. The only way that you're... if if you're not failing, you're not up to big enough stuff. You're not. That's right. Because Elon Musk had to crash a bunch of rocket ships before he found one that could actually work. You know, when you're trying to go to the moon, you're going to mess up a bunch of times. And nobody's ever been to Mars. And you're trying to go to Mars. Yeah, you're going to mess up along the way. You're going to. So you have to be willing to give yourself permission to try new things, to fail, from learn from your mistakes. Don't beat yourself up for mistakes. Just learn from them and dust yourself off and keep going. Just like I say, win by losing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, success is full of failures, full of failures. And people Absolutely. think that they see you successful. They think that it's a, it was a one-shot deal. They don't understand the hardship that comes behind it, the failures that came, come, come behind it, the financial situations that come behind it. They only see where, at, where you are now. That's why it's good to have conversations like this so people have a better understanding of what they have to put in, you know, what they have to go through. It's an emotional roller coaster, you know, and some people give up and some people don't, you know, it's, and, and that's the thing. We got to encourage the other entrepreneurs. We got to encourage the, the younger people. Going back to your point, I think parents should tell their kids to come up with a business idea at a young age and see what they come up with. You know, parents should say, Hey, you're a kid. What's a good toy that, that you would, that other nine year old, you know, boys would want to uh, play with. You know what I mean? Like, because because what happens uh you have a toy a toy business and you're trying to come up with a toy that a kid wants to play with you ask a kid you know you're asking a whole bunch of 40 50 year old guys to come up with a concept uh, of an idea but but that, you know that's what i'm saying have have kids think of a business that they would want to put together because you know what it 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 kind of teaches them the real world 
Um, well, yeah, and empower them, right? Like, my mom let me get a bank account when I was, like, 15. She came down and co-signed it for me, and I had a debit card. And, <laughs> you know, for, for better or worse, like, I was going down the shore and renting my own hotel rooms and selling them, oh, no, I'm 18, look at my debit card. But uh, but for better or for worse, I was able to to have freedom, and that's how I created my first eBay account because I, I was already doing banking from 15 years old, you know? So we definitely have to empower our kids, you know? And there's one thing about success um, I just, I don't want to use this one point too much success will fool you into thinking that you can't fail. Mm. Right. All of a sudden you think, Oh, it was me. When you succeeded to you, when you failed somebody else, right? right. Oh, all this success is just, Oh, I have the golden touch. Anything that I touch just turns to gold. Right. And it fools you and you get an, an illusion into thinking that everything you touch is gold. And that you that and you're not in a place where you're learning from your failures and learning from the market and looking at the data and saying, oh, we tried this, this didn't work, we tried that, that worked, you know. So you never want to get too cocky or too full of yourself. Um, and another funny story about success or failure. Um, uh, again, another business friend of mine who uh, who who's in that that uh, that multi comma club. He told me that. Uh, He'll ask people before he goes into business with them, have you had like a big failure yet? And a lot of people will be like, no, oh no, I never had a failure. He's like, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, oh, boy, I don't want to do business with you because you're not going to learn on me. <laughs> I'd rather work with somebody that failed. They, they ate shit already. They know what it tastes like. They know they don't want to eat shit anymore. They don't want to make those mistakes anymore, you know, because I don't want them to make their first big failure with me. Right. So... You know, the people who have lived it and, and who have the, the war the war wounds to prove it, those are the people who are going to become the most successful because they learn from their mistakes, they learn from their failures, and they're able to uh, take success in a humbling way. You know, there's, there's, I read somewhere there was a CEO that everyone that, that, he's, that he hires, before he hires them, he takes them out to the restaurant and he pays them to mess up the order to see how they react. <laughs> that's pretty cool right you know um, because of to see how they how they handle that right because true character comes out when i guess when they're when they're pissed off and it's not going their their way so uh, tell us more about your company tell us what, what your company does what, what do you guys offer definitely so the name of my company is disrupt and mm -hmm. we are an alternative education and media company nice. uh, so we have a few different parts to our organization uh the first of them is is um we, we run a full-service consulting digital agency. So we help people create podcasts. We help people create video content, uh, social media marketing, web content. And we really help brands, businesses, influencers, and, and companies communicate online. There's, there's been so many advancements in this digital age. There's so many new avenues, whether it's Amazon Alexa skills, uh, right. whether it's podcasts and Google Home and smart homes and smart TVs, right? There's all these new platforms that are out there and most companies are not taking advantage of them, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And what's going to end up happening is a lot of them are going to get left behind, right? Like I just did a rant at the top of this year. I was like, 2019 is the year of the podcast. If you're not starting a podcast in 2019, you're about to get left behind in a really, really major way. And this isn't even anything new. This right. is something that the momentum has been building and the bubble's about to burst. Uh, Will Farrell just released a podcast uh, literally yesterday. 
called the the Ron Burgundy podcast. And that that that, um, awesome. that character that he was playing on yeah. the movies, uh-huh. now he has a partnership deal with iHeartMedia, and they just released an official podcast yesterday. They released the episode zero trailer to it. So when you see TV movie stars are starting their own podcast and like, yo, we got to get out of this train. This train's about to leave. Listen, if your company, if your brand does not have a podcast, if you're not creating media for iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, mm-hmm. you're going to get left behind. It's just a fact. So we help companies. We work with them and consult with them to help them take advantage of these opportunities because we don't want small businesses to get left behind. It's going to happen if you don't become the Uber of your industry, Uber will come eat your lunch. So for these businesses to remain competitive, for them to have that edge, for people to build a brand and build a legacy and build something that's larger than themselves, we help brands leverage the digital economy to come online. The second part is we practice what we preach. We eat our own dog food. So we produce a podcast. I'm not here telling you to start a podcast and we don't have one. What do we look like? But we produce a podcast where we create original content. We interview some of the most amazing entrepreneurs all over the world. We we travel the world going to some of the most world-class events and we cover these events and um, we speak to the thought leaders of, of today and tomorrow. And we are really with our media and our content we're on a mission to show that tech is cool. The people behind the scenes are some of the most amazing people ever. I'm on a mission to make the word nerd a racial slur, right? You shouldn't call someone a nerd because they're smarter than you. It's really, really ridiculous. And me and my character, and everyone knows about my history, I'm the farthest thing from a nerd. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up, I grew up in, in an urban environment. Um, I had run-ins with gangs. A lot of my friend, friends were gang members. I never joined the gang, but I had a lot of friends who were Latin kings, bloods, cribs, nietas, you name it. And, um, you know, I sold drugs when I was younger. I, I, I went to juvie when I was a kid. Like, I had a lot of run-ins. And I'm, I'm grateful that I did have mentors in my life that I was able to not join a gang. I was able to at least learn from my mistakes and stay on track, right? And, right. and I learned to code when I was young, right? And I'm not a freaking nerd. And, and the fact that we have a culture, and it's funny because that culture really exists more in the, in the black, Latino, and urban communities where we make fun of people for being smart. Right. We make fun of people for doing good, right? Instead of, instead I remember my, them, yeah. Yeah, I remember my brother, he bought a new car and, they, and uh, after he came out of the army and they were making fun of his car because it wasn't the V6, it was only the V, uh, and, and, or he had a gold chain and it was 10 carats. Oh, it's only 10 carats. Like, it doesn't even matter when you're doing good. You're a nerd. <laughs> you're, yeah. you, you're, you only bought the C-class bench. You didn't buy the S-class. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. We have this thing in our communities where, where we downgrade people. And, but I'm really on the kick about, about the whole nerd thing. That should be a racial slur. You shouldn't call anybody a nerd. It's really, 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 really bad for our future generations. We want people getting into coding. And I'm on a mission to show that tech is cool, that nerds are cool, that being in this industry, we are the rock stars of our industry. We just did an event last year. Mm-hmm. And on the last day of the event, we rented a boat and we went out to the middle of, of Culebra in Puerto Rico. And we didn't, and we created this almost looked like a rap music video. <laughs> and people were commenting and they were like, Oh my God, they were like girls in bathing suits. And like, first of all, we're in a beach. That's what people wear when they're in a beach. And second of all, those girls in bathing suits, they're not model girls. Those are not backup dancers. They have their own businesses. They code. 
They do marketing. These are boss women who are on this boat with us, popping the bottles with us, enjoying with us. Right. So I'm on a mission, and the people that are in the Disrupt Nation circle, we're on a mission to show that tech is cool and that Latinos can be in tech and African-Americans right. can be in tech. That's the other thing, too. You know, the they talk about inclusion in tech, right? Oh, we want to... We want to have more African-Americans and Latinos and women and minorities in tech, right? And I just interviewed Temi, uh, uh, Teddy Thomas. Uh, she's a, a Dominican Latina female and she owns her own digital company. She has pictures in a bathing suit in Instagram. And she put, hey, who the hell said that, that I can't be coding and be looking sexy, you know? Because at the end of the day, we need to be able to be ourselves. It's not go work for Google and then I have to wear a button-up shirt, right. you know? And it's actually a funny story. Everyone on Google wears T-shirts except the African-Americans. The African-Americans are in there wearing college shirts because they don't want to be, oh, I don't want to be the black guy with the T-shirt. So the white guys are wearing T-shirts, black guys are wearing button-ups and saying, oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, right? Because they want to fall into that box. So we're really on a mission to say, hey, listen, if, if, you, if you like to... If you like to dance, if you like hip hop music, it doesn't mean you're not allowed in tech. It doesn't mean, oh, okay, I joined a tech company, now I have to listen to, uh, to a draft punk, you know? Unless you're into that, and that's right. cool too, but you should be able to be allowed to be yourself in this industry. Not in the box. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not only about checking the box that, oh, we, have, we hired this one black guy in our company. No, you have to actually accept people for who they are, you know? And that's, there's also that word that is called culture fit. In tech culture, they talk about, oh, he's not a right culture fit. So does that mean because he doesn't wear Hollister, he's not the right culture fit? It's a new form of racism. It's a new form of discrimination. So we're on a path to make tech cool and prove that you could be who you want to be. Disrupt Nation. Out here. Out here. <laughs> When's the next event, Anthony? Next event is February 28th. It's in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Go to disruptmastermind.com. It's going to be amazing. We're going to go out to the rainforest on the last day and, and swing off of a waterfall and jump into the water. And I guarantee anyone that comes to this event, you are going to change your life. You are not going to come back the same person. That's my guarantee. You should throw in a gun range in there next time. <laughs> next time. Next time. I got to get some Republicans down here in Puerto Rico. <laughs> so uh, in, the, in closing... Uh, I have this question I always ask people. What does what does leadership mean to you, Anthony? That's a good that's a great question, man. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we really need more leaders. Um, you know, leading by example is a huge thing, right? So right. we have so many people that, that talk the talk, right? But you really need to be willing to 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 walk the walk, right? So in my company, there's no job that I tell someone to do that I'm not also willing to do myself. You know, and I think we have a lot of leaders who, you know, they preach, but they don't practice. That's right. right? right. You know, they tell you, hey, you know, I want you to, you shouldn't be using social media eight hours a day. Meanwhile, they're on social media nine hours a day, you know, or, hey, I want you to, um, to go code this website, right? But they don't know how to code, Right. So really one of the things that I pride myself in my leadership is being a practitioner of all the things that I preach. So in my company, I am the leader, not only because I have anointed myself, not only because I put CEO in my freaking 
uh, job title on LinkedIn, right, in my byline, it's because I'm a practitioner of all of the moving parts and moving pieces, right? Now, I'm not the, I'm not the best videographer, but if, if shit hit the fan, I know how to use those softwares. I'm not the best coder. I'm not. But if shit hits the fan, I can code my face off with the best of them, you know? So for me, leadership is really practicing what you preach and being an example to the people on your team. And that's with everything from work ethic, from integrity, from, you know, doing what you say when you say you're going to do it. That's right. And just being an example for, for your team and also the people in the world. Lead from the front, not from the back, right? Mm-hmm. Something that we, we pride ourselves in, in the military. You tell people to do something that you would do. Absolutely. And, and then lead, especially in sales, right? A lot of, we, we see that. A great example that, to go off of what you said, a lot of people that lead in the, from, the, from the back, they put these crazy quotas and expectations on, on the salespeople to make, to make calls to close certain loans that they haven't even done themselves. To, you know, they can't relate to them. Yeah, they can't even give you any advice, right? How are they going to help you close more deals? When and they've never been there. Yeah. Exactly. You know, a lot of people... that's why so a lot of the business owners that I respect, um, mm-hmm. shout out to Bob Pullman. I doubt he's going to listen to this because uh, he's an older dude. I don't know if he's on the podcast wave. I hope he does listen to it. Right. Uh, but shout out to Bob Pullman. He ran one of the first IT companies that I ever worked for. And he used to, like he doesn't anymore because he owns the company. But when he started it, he used to run the wires, run the cables. Mm-hmm. He knew how to do that. He used to be the salesperson. So he knows how to do that. He used to do the billing. So everything in that company, and it was a big company, had tons of employees, different departments. But everything in that company, he actually lived it. So he could relate. He could give you advice. You know, so really, really, I, I think all the CEOs out there, they need to be willing to get their hands dirty. You know, a lot of people um, that listen to podcasts usually listen, listen to for encouragement purposes, for tips, uh, or just to have some type of empowerment, you know, empowering, listen to, you know, to probably drive in and probably having a bad day or a good day, whatever the case may be. What advice do you have to the listener right now listening to my man, Anthony from Puerto Rico, doing his big things, disrupting uh, stuff in a positive, good way. What, what, what advice do you have? What tip do you have for them? So whether you say you can do something or you mm-hmm. say you can't do it, you are right. And the only difference between achieving your goals and not is making a decision. Okay? I made the decision to move to Puerto Rico. I didn't have it all figured out how I was going to do it. And so many people think they have to know the how before they make a decision. When you marry someone and you say, till death do us part, you don't know what the next 50 years of your life with that person is going to look like. You have no idea. But you make the decision and the commitment to that other human being. And this is the same thing when you start a company. It's the same thing when you move to a new city. It's the same thing when you... Uh, apply for a new job. It's the same thing when you quit a job, right? You have to make the decision in your life. I was working at, um, at the IT company that I mentioned, and I made the decision that I wanted to learn how to code better. And then I got a new job. Right. And then when I was at that job, I made the decision that I wanted to be the CTO. 
I made the decision that I wanted to be the CTO of that company or a company. I told the owner of the company that I had that, uh, that I had that goal and he didn't promote me to CTO, but within the next year, I got another job offer to be the CTO of a company because I wanted that job title because for me, that was important, you know? And then when Hurricane Maria happened, I made the decision to come down here. I barely even speak Spanish. I'm working on it. It's getting better. But I barely even speak Spanish. I made the decision to come down here. I hadn't been down here since I was a little kid. I didn't know all of the, da, 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 all the different cities that needed help. And literally, our slogan at Disrupt is we're out here. And where that comes from is because I came down to Puerto Rico during the hurricane when 50% of the island didn't even have power. And we were staying in a place that had power a few hours out of the day and the rest of the day didn't and didn't even have water, right? Mm-hmm. And people were telling me, okay, what do we do next? I had people that came down to volunteer with me. I was like, we're out here. And we literally drove around the island until we found places, people that needed help, right? Because wow. people think awesome. they need to know how to do it. You don't need to know how. You only need to make the decision that you're going to help. This job nation, speaking that truth. Yeah, I gotta man. go visit you soon, man. I gotta go to gotta go to PR. Absolutely, Glenn. Gotta get you down here to the island, brother. It's definitely yeah. change your life, man. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on your show, man, and giving me the opportunity to to you know express myself and and talk about the mission of disrupt, man, because it really means a lot to me. Any shout outs? Any people you want to give shout outs? Shout out to my mom, man. Shout out my mom. <laughs> I wonder if she listens to all these crazy podcasts. Probably not. I probably would be getting. A phone calls in the middle of the night. Why you said that in the podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, man. Shout out my mom. She raised me right. I'm super grateful. Shout out to my team. Super Manny, bro. My super man. Manny, bro. My man. This yeah. dude, I met him an hour before the plane ride in, in Hurricane Maria to come down here and help. And literally never met each other. We hopped on a plane. We came down here. We created a documentary about Puerto Rico. And, and then we both quit our jobs and we started this crazy company. And now he moved down to Puerto Rico. I moved down here. And he really just believes in me through the thick and the thin, man. Super Manny, man. Um, Super Manny, my man. Yeah, yeah man, definitely man. my man, Good bro. people. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to follow us on social media, please do. Um, yeah, how, how, how can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm really big on LinkedIn. Uh, Anthony Delgado. Um Read my articles on Forbes. If you go to Anthony Delgado Forbes, just type that into Google. It'll come up. Um, you can go to uh, my website, anthonydelgado.me. Um, my email address is on there if anybody wants to reach out to me, anthonydelgado.me. Um, hit me up on Instagram, uh, anthonydelgado.me, same, same, uh, same place. And uh, definitely check out the podcast, man, the Shrub Podcast. We're about to close 100 episodes. Um, so go on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, we're there. Um, just search up the Disrupt Podcast. Awesome. Anthony, so I'm so, um, happy to have you on the show. Thank you for making the time, dropping that knowledge, helping out entrepreneurs, telling your story, and uh, nothing but the best, man. God bless you. God bless your family. And uh, definitely got to go to PR. I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm very sure that the people in PR are very happy to have you over there as well. And for everything that you did and everything that you're doing. 2019 is going to be a big year for everybody, right? Absolutely, and, uh, brother. And I'm looking forward to building with you. And you got to reach out to Anthony. You, you got to go on social media, add him, subscribe, link. This guy is going places. And you want to you be part of, of that, too. And he wants to be part of that, too, as well, too, because 
everyone's gonna gonna come up right 2019 we got to help each other out especially the latinos you know especially uh entrepreneurs like you said it, being smart is not a bad thing right i wish i had those those problems the billionaires have right i'll be telling everyone that hey the, the dollar's gonna drop so give me more <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for your time. This is uh, Glenn Parada from Parada Works. To all the entrepreneurs, keep doing your thing. Glenn Parada, out. Thanks for having me. You got it.